from API. This is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm your host, Jane Van Ryan. Texas is picking up the pieces after Hurricane Ike came on shore over the weekend. Portions of Galveston and Houston have received significant damage, and the onshore oil and natural gas facilities were largely shut in before the storm. Debbie Hastings of the Texas Oil and Gas Association is with us on the telephone now. Debbie, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And I understand you have Coast Guard Commander Chuck Polk with you as well. Yes, I do. Good. Well, I have some questions for both of you. And, Debbie, let's start with you. Debbie, what can you tell us about the damage to the area where Ike came on shore? Uh, The Texas fuel team is focusing on damage to the fuel infrastructure, and we have assessment teams on the ground evaluating damage to the fuel infrastructure including the refineries, the terminals, the pipelines, and the gas stations. Currently, we know that 13 refineries remain shut down, and assessment teams are determining when it will be safe to restart. A few terminals are back online, which is very encouraging, and that continues every day. We get more and more information about that. And uh, we are receiving information that damage to the refineries isn't as bad as it was expected. Now, Debbie, I know that you have been in what amounts to a bunker with a number of state officials preparing for the storm. Can you tell me what that experience has been like? You know, it's been a really good opportunity to be down with the state and the state operations center, and we're located in Austin, Texas. And we are underground, which is why it's called a bunker, or we refer to it as a bunker. Um, But there are approximately 34 state agencies down here with us, and a lot of federal officials, including, you know, the Coast Guard is with us, and we have Department of Homeland Security and FEMA folks. And it is a really good place to be to be able to communicate with all the different assets uh, that we need to get the fuel industry back up and running. So, Debbie, what actions did the oil industry take in preparation for Ike? Okay, well, we were pretty hot and heavy preparing for Gustav and responding to Gustav and uh, had communication ongoing with our fuel industry and making them alert to, you know, the possibility that Ike may make landfall on the Texas coast. A couple of moments ago, you mentioned the impact to the refineries, but do you have any idea how long it might take to get the refineries up and running again? The good news is, is that electricity is being restored in some of the areas, and as soon as some of that uh, restoration is uh, complete, we will be able to start our startup operations. But they are already assessing the damage and to determine if the flood has impacted any of the pumps and uh, any of those types of um, uh, equipment at the refineries. Do you know how much of U.S. refining capacity remains shut in at this point? Yes, ma'am. It's about 15 to 19 percent. And do you have any reports of damage to the offshore facilities? You know, uh, I'm hearing that the damage is not as bad as it could have been, and the the commander might be able to answer that question a little bit better than I can. Yes, Commander Polk, what information do you have about that? Hi, Jane. Yes, uh, the information that we have are primarily centered on the MODUs, which is an acronym for Mobile Offshore Drilling Units. Those are the ones that, that, that can be floated to different areas. And during the storm, we have a report of one in particular that uh, apparently has, has been found up closer to the northern Gulf Shore between Louisiana and Texas, somewhere in that area. Uh, there's another 
two or three that uh, that we're trying to locate and monitor where they are. There's a lot of them out there, so so it's a matter of trying to find which ones are off station. Those are the ones we're aware of right now. Commander, I'm sure you're familiar with all of the ports along the Gulf Coast. Um, for those people who aren't familiar with Houston, for example, I know the Houston Ship Channel is a major U.S. port, and it was closed during the storm. Are there any estimates on damage that was done to the Ship Channel or when it might reopen? Well, starting with the damage uh, reports, of course, the Houston Ship Channel starts down in the Galveston area, and, of course, that, that area, as everyone has seen on TV and radio, has sustained a lot of damage from the storm. The Coast Guard uh, stations and commands along the area have also sustained damage, so we're dealing with those as well as attacking the problems that, uh, that have uh, hit the industry up and down the area. So when we go up the Houston Ship Channel, uh, the surveys thus far, we've had some helicopter overflights to determine this, and also we got some survey teams out along with the Corps of Engineers to study the depths of the channel, see if there was any shoaling underneath uh, that, that could keep the deep draft vessels from coming in. Uh, the information that we have right now is fairly significant that uh, the aids to navigation, the buoys and the day markers that are up and down the, ch the ship channel, about 90 to 95 percent of those are completely gone. They're not just off-site, they're, they're completely vanished. So those have to be completely replaced before there can be safe passage of vessels up and down the channel. So that's going to affect when the ship channel can be reopened fully. So that's, that's fairly significant, and I will add that, that right now there is, a, there is an effort underway to mobilize probably, I, don't, I won't say the, the largest, but since Katrina the largest uh, massing of our buoy tender fleet uh, to bring buoys that need to be used to replace the ones that are lost. Those are going to be massed down at the Galveston Island station our, that, that we have there. And that, that is underway now to get them in the area as fast as we can to attack this problem and then get other vessels to take them up the channel and actually place them where they belong. That's a, that is one big piece. Uh, the, other, the other piece, of course, is working with the Corps of Engineers on the depths of the channel. Uh, which right now we're working to reopen the channel uh, partially to those vessels that have drafts of 30 feet or less. And that, that's, that's initial information we've received from our command down there in the area. Uh, as, as soon as, and there's a marine safety information broadcast that has been sent out to the industry that, that will detail this. And I think that went out this morning. And, of course, it is important to get the Houston Ship Channel open because there's quite a bit of crude oil that comes through there and, and two refineries, correct? Yes, Jane, and I'll tell you what, nobody knows that more than the Coast Guard. And the captain of the port, which is the legal uh, uh, person who is in charge uh, for the Coast Guard of the entire Ship Channel area, working in concert with the Corps of Engineers, with the Houston Port Authority, that is their, their of course, primary goal is life. Uh, saving life, but then property beyond that and getting the industry and the economy moving again with the petroleum industry is of prime importance, right at the top of our list. And, of course, we don't want to ignore the needs of the residents in the area. Um, they've obviously suffered some significant losses. Many of them have. When do you think they'll be allowed to return to their homes? Any idea at this point? Well, certain areas we're actually hearing, you know, like in Galveston and maybe the city of Orange, they're actually being asked to, um, you know, evacuate and leave their homes if they can. So um, some of them are being highly encouraged uh, not to return at this time until the infrastructure is up and running. One final question for both of you. You've seen a lot and experienced a lot over the last couple of days. How are you affected personally when you see a storm like this hit your area? 
from my standpoint, uh, one of the things that the Coast Guard learned after Hurricane Katrina is that a lot of our folks that are assigned to our commands and locations in the stricken areas have a lot to take care of personally along with continuing to do their official work. So what we have done is we, because the Coast Guard is, is national in scope, uh, we bring folks in from other areas that are not in anywhere near the stricken area transfer them in temporarily to the area to work and, and help to assist or take the place of those people who uh, in the Coast Guard are living and working in the area and have to get back home, tend to their families. Debbie, any thoughts? Okay, on our side, most of our uh, critical personnel are also uh, victims in these storms. So like Commander Polk, we have to ensure the safety of our staff to ensure that they feel comfortable enough to be able to you know, help us, you know, start up a refinery, things of that nature, and that we're fully staffed to be able to do that. So we're we're taking care of our staff and ensuring that they are safe first. Debbie, Commander Polk, I want to thank you both for your service. What you're doing is so important to the people in that region as well as to the United States overall. And thank you so much for joining us today on Energy Tomorrow Radio. Thank you, Thank Jane. you. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.